Hello everybody, another beautiful day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Um, good to be back on here again. Uh, I was uh, coming down with the, the flu this week. And it hit me pretty hard, um, actually last week and everything. And um wanted to do the video last night, but I still wasn't feeling good enough to. But if I cough a little bit through this, y'all forgive me. Um, still got a little bit of a cough from this thing. And uh seems to be worse at night, but... But uh, God is good, and I thank Him for touching me in my body and not letting it get as bad as what it could have gotten and everything. And, um, you know, we've got to make sure we give God credit and give God thanks for things that He does for us because He does a lot for us. We don't even realize it and don't even acknowledge it the majority of the time. And we, and uh, because of that, we don't give Him credit for a lot of stuff. But, but uh, God's always watching out for us and always protecting us and and, and everything. And, but I thank Him for that. I thank Him just for... You know, keeping me through it, not letting it be as bad as what it could have been. Um, but anyhow, um, bringing a bit, another video to you on the end time, the end times tonight. Um, as you can see, the title is "Accounted Worthy to Escape," and uh, that's the title, "Accounted Worthy to Escape." And but, um, anyways, uh, you know, I wanted I wanted to come on here and do one uh, two weeks ago. And I didn't get the opportunity to because of the things that came up. And then last week, like I said, I was sick. So this is the one that I had together for two weeks ago, but I wasn't able to, to put it up at the time. But um hope you enjoy it tonight and get started. If you, and I'm um, reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 28. Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 28. says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for another opportunity, Lord, to get on Facebook and, and to teach your word, Lord. And, and God, I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, for giving me the knowledge that you give me, Lord, and, and enabling me to do this, God, and giving me the words to say that I need to say, Lord. And I thank you for that. And God, I ask you to use me as your vessel tonight. Give me the words that you'd have me to say, Lord, so that this can go forth and help each and every one of us in our walk with you, God. Help us to grow stronger in you. Help us with our with our hope in you, Lord Jesus, and to know, God, that you're there for us no matter what, Lord Jesus, and that you are going to take care of your people, God. And, Lord, we thank you. We praise you for it, Lord. If there's anybody out there tonight, both tonight and from this day forward that watches this video, God, if they're sick in their body, Lord, or have a need, in their lives, Lord, or anything, God, that, that they're needing, Lord. I ask you, Jesus, to move in their situations, God. Heal their body, Lord, with your healing virtue, God, and your miracle-working power, Lord Jesus, and, and bless their finances, Lord, whatever the circumstance may be, God. And, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, which you know that when he came and died on the cross for us, he bore the sins of many of everybody. Everybody from the beginning of time to the end. And uh, he was a scapegoat that, um, in, the, uh, in the Levitical law. The, the scapegoat was the one that the, the priest would lay their hands on and put all the sins of the people of the congregation onto that, lamb, onto that ram. And then they would push that ram out into the wilderness and God would take it out and into the wilderness and the ram would never return. And Jesus was the one that, that the sins of the whole entire earth was placed upon him in the garden when he was praying and when he was crushed for our iniquities and bruised for our transgressions and that was when he was in a garden he was praying and the sins of the world came upon him 
and his sweat became as great drops of blood. The Bible says he was crushed for our iniquity and bruised for our transgressions. That's what was taking place in the garden. Now he did that for us so he could redeem us back to him. Because his blood was the only blood worthy enough to redeem us back to him, to cover our, the sins of all mankind. So he already did that. But now the second time that he comes, he's coming back to receive his people, those ones that he redeemed by his blood, and going to call us up on the clouds and, and take us to be with him. But the second part of this verse says, And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. In other words, the ones that are looking for him, he's going to appear to them. They're going to see him as he is. Because we are looking for him. And we are watching for him. And, and that doesn't mean that we're just standing all the time with our face towards the east. And watching with our eyes towards the east. No, we're watching spiritually with our spirit man. And we're, we're ready. We're prayed up. And we're making sure that we're ready to go. So when he does appear. And he does step out on the clouds. And calls the church home. We're ready to go. We're, re we're already ready. Because we're watching for that day. We're ever watching and, and being alert to it. And knowing that one day he is coming. And... It's something that he promised us, and he's not he's not slack concerning his promise, like some people say. Some people say he's slack concerning, but like I said, the last video that I did, he's long suffering that no one should perish, but that all come unto repentance. But you see, a lot of people that are, don't want to come unto repentance, they don't want to turn their life over to God. They want to continue to live what the what they're living, and live the life that, the life of sin that they're living, and they don't want to turn their life over to the Lord. And there are going to be a lot of people that's going to be let down because of that. And there's other things that I could I could get on here and say about the times that we're living in, and um, I'm going to try to keep this in my notes. But the day and hour that we're living in right now is it's starting to wrap up. Everything's starting to point more towards the Antichrist and the and the the monetary system of the beast. Everything that that's everything is pointing towards that now. And if you can open your eyes and look and pay attention out there, you can see that scripture coming coming to pass right in front of our eyes. They're saying things that are right is wrong and things that are wrong is right. That's biblical. That's biblical um, prophecy towards the end times, where they're saying that you know when things that are that are supposed to be correct are incorrect, and things that are incorrect are correct. In other words, things that that are are evil, they're saying it's good, and things that are good, they're saying is evil, and they're getting everything all backwards. And you can see that. You can look out there and see that today. And I don't want to go into too much detail because there's things that you can say on here and the stupid Facebook fact people want to take stuff down because it upsets them and it goes against their lifestyle, you know. And uh, so i got to be careful on things that I say. But what I can tell you is if you look out there, open your eyes up and pay attention to what's going on, you can see things are lining up. I mean, in the book of Revelations, one of the, one of the seals that is broken on the scroll is, is famines and there's a shortage of food in the land where there's a measure of wheat for a penny and a measure of barley for a penny we used to say that that was a day's wages for a loaf of bread that's not that's not what that means what that means is they're having to ration out the food and it, the value of the food means nothing that's where the penny comes in the denarius it means the smallest amount of money is the value that they put on the food because the problem is there's just too much of a shortage of food. So they're rationing the food out. That's the me a measure, a measure of wheat and a measure of barley, for, both for a penny. So they're having to ration out the food. Right now we have, we have um, people destroying food left and right, saying the deer has this, uh, this zombie di disease. You know, what, what's wrong with these people? You know, and chickens, kill all those chickens because of, fa because of, of something that's been in chickens for years. 
I'm talking been in chickens for 20 years. I tell you, 20 years ago to cook your chicken well done because you can get salmonella from it. Now all of a sudden, in today's world, now all of a sudden it's a problem that chickens have salmonella in them. You know, that's, and is it just me that sees that? Or, I mean, are people stupid out there? They don't realize what's going on? And it's, they're going to continue to do this until somebody stops them from doing it. And that's the problem. Nobody will rise up and stop them from doing it. And I know I'm kind of rambling on about that, but there's just stupid little things like that that I can't stand, That, but yet it's things that has to happen. And we've got the, the administration that's leading this world that's causing this stuff and doing all these stupid things and creating more problems for man. And it's what it is, it's the devil that's driving them, and because the devil's driving them, the devil is causing them to kill off mankind. That's what the devil wants. He wants to, he wants to kill off mankind because he knows it get, that it'll get to God's heart. So... Um, you know, I imagine a lot of people's never looked at it that way. But God loves all of His creation. God loves man. He loves us. He died for us because of the love that He has towards us. And you know, when the devil causing pain to, and causing situations and doing what He's doing, I believe it does hurt God's heart. That you know, because of it. And you know, so when you think when you think about things, you got to look at things in certain ways to get a, a greater understanding of things. And and um. You know, and, and wars and rumors of wars, all the things in Matthew chapter 24, if you look into all of that and you can see the things that's taking place, you, all the rumors of wars, I mean, news flash jumping up, uh, Putin's best friend is, is uh, declaring or is preparing for World War Three. you know, and, and just stuff like that. Where did that come from? I mean, just the rumors and, and all the things that's, that's being said and, and the wars that's actually taking place all over the world. And, um, and different things, the Ukraine and Russia and all this stuff. And yet there's people out there on YouTube and on different things that's telling lies, got other people believing other things. And people want, would rather believe what the, the liars are saying out there instead of believing what the Word of God says. You know, and they're saying that a uh, better day's coming. It's all going to get better. Everything's going to get great. And I don't see what kind of picture they're seeing or, you know, the information that they're receiving that's telling them this. Because all I see ahead of us, ahead of this world, is calamity, and there's a big calamity coming. There's a problem coming, and it's it's arriving, it's approaching rapidly on the on the horizon, and you have to open your eyes up to see it. And everything that you look at, it points to the day that we're living in. Is we are living in the coming up of the end of the church age, where it's going to switch over into the time of Jacob's trouble. So, and having said that. Like I said, unto them that look for him to appear, and unto him, unto them that look for him, he shall appear. So, only this time, without sin unto salvation, meaning he's coming to get us, to save us, to redeem us back to him. And if you look over in Luke chapter 21, Luke chapter 21, verse 28, <clears throat> it says, and when you, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. And lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Well, what things? What things is it talking about here? When you see these things begin to come to pass, because it says, when you see these things begin to come to pass, to look up, lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. Now, what that means is, look up and lift up your head and say, praise God, my redemption's coming. That's what we should be saying right now: is praise God, my redemption's on the way, because I can see these things coming to pass. My redemption is coming. My redemption is on its way here. And there's going to be some other things that's going to happen too. I believe the prayers of the saints 
is going to get cast to the earth and they're going to be answered. Lost loved ones that we're praying for to be coming in is going to come in. All this is going to happen before the, before, I believe before the trumpet sounds. And we have to watch out for these things. But you see, lift up your head. Look up. Lift up your head. Don't get all down in the dumps about what's going on in the world because what's going on in the world is leading up to us going home, leading up to our redemption. It's leading up to we're no longer going to feel pain in our bodies no more. We're no longer going to suffer. No longer going to suffer from the flu or from the cold or any of that mess. And no longer going to have all these problems that we're having. No more have no more problems with with financial you know situations and things that we have to deal with in this corrupted world and corrupted society where all they want to do is take things from you instead of trying to help you. You know, and um, and that's saying a lot there too. And I'm not going in that route, but. Think about it though. Instead of feeling down in the dumps and getting all worried and getting all weary over things and letting things get to you so much, like I do at times, especially when things like I was saying earlier about what they're doing to the food chain, the food chain out there, you know, and the stupid stuff they're doing. Instead of letting it get to me, I should be saying, "Well, praise God, my redemption is drawing nigh." And see, I have to remind myself about that sometimes that my redemption is drawing nigh. And I ain't gonna have to put up with all this mess too much longer because we're going home. We're going to a better place, a better world. But you know, saying here, for your redemption draweth nigh, okay? Well, what things is it talking about that begins to come to pass? Things that's beginning to come to pass, things that's beginning to happen. What What is it talking about there? Well, if you look over Matthew chapter 24, you can find out some of these things. But in Matthew chapter 24, verses 11 through 14, <clears throat> See Matthew chapter twenty four. It tells a lot, a lot more. If you started reading the whole, you know, the whole chapter, starting with verse two, you know, and read on down. But I'm not going to read all of these. But, but there's a lot of things here that's taken place that that has already taken place, and things that's still actively taking place even today. That as you read down through here, but in verse beginning at verse eleven, it says, "And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many." What does that mean? Many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. Well, that's false prophets that gets up and tells you something that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Now, see, I don't have to go into full detail and tell you, you know, and I don't, and I'm certainly not going to point no fingers or anything or, or judge anybody out there. But I will tell you if whatever if whatever that preacher behind the pulpit is telling you does not line up with the Word of God, then that man is a false prophet. He's telling you something that is not true. Doesn't line up with the Word of God, and I thank God that I got a pastor that preaches the Word of God to my, to me and my con and his congregation and my family that's in the church. I thank God for that, and I thank God for the many preachers out there that are telling the truth. But there's a lot of them out there that's leading people astray and telling them things that's not biblical and that's not biblically correct, and they're going to be falling falling for this antichrist that steps up. They're going to miss out on the redemption that's already paid for them. And they're going to fall for all these lies out there and be led astray. And they're going to end up in the, there in a time of trouble that they don't want to be a part of. But because, just because of men teaching them things that aren't right and things that are not biblical. Also, a false prophet is somebody that might give you a word from, that they say is from God and it not come to pass. But, you know, not all of them. Sometimes, sometimes we, you know, the flesh comes up and we hit it wrong. But if, if one's sitting there telling you things on a constant basis and, you know, and I'll leave that one alone. I'll stop right there with that. But a false prophet is somebody that tells you something that doesn't line up with the Word of God and they're deceiving or telling you a deception that you can't line up with, with the Bible. It has to line up with the Word of God. 
what what is being taught to you it has to line up with this word and it shouldn't contradict itself anywhere in here anywhere in this word of god if you find it one place if it's being told to you from one place you should be able to find it somewhere else and and it be correct all right like i'm telling you tonight many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many it also it says that over in luke and also says that farther up in this chapter it talks about them but there are false prophets out there there are people saying they're coming in the name of jesus and start churches in the name of Jesus, but they're not teaching Jesus. They're not teaching biblical te- biblical theology, biblical truth. So, and it says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Because iniquity shall abound. Iniquity. Iniquity here is illegality. Now, I want you to pay close attention to this. Now, iniquity, because iniquity shall abound, right? Iniquity is illegality, violation of law wickedness and unrighteousness do you not see those things today abounding abounding means to increase and multiply meaning it's getting so much greater in in volume there's so much more of it there's so much more unrighteousness you know think about unrighteousness for a minute unrighteousness means it's not right okay right meaning right or righteous meaning a form of rightness okay when you put un in front of that, then that means it's not righteous. It's not righteous. It's not It's not right. There's nothing right about it. That's what unrighteous means. It means there's nothing right about it. And there's a lot of things going on out there today that is not right. There's nothing right about it. You know? And, and it's all over the world. I mean, all over the world. And like I said, there's some things that I can't get on here and say. There's a lot of things that I could use to explain what I'm talking about. But I have to be careful in how I, how I say it. But you can look at things that's going on and know good and well deep down within your heart that it is not right. Think about it. Look at it real close and deep down inside of you, you'd know it is not right. And all over the place, the world is full of it. It's abounding, meaning it's in, increasing to an, an, such an abundant amount that it's, it's getting ridiculous. And illegality, things that are supposed to be Legal are illegal now, and the things that are illegal are legal. Things that are right is wrong, and things that are wrong is right. And violation of the law, violating the, violating the law. I mean, um, you know, just not just the people out there committing the crimes that's violating the law, but the people that's that's sitting on the on the the throne of a courtroom, and the ones that's that's involved in bringing the law to pass in the courtroom are breaking the law or violating the law. And it's just nothing's right. Nothing's right in the world today. And wickedness. Wickedness. A very wicked world. Very wicked world we're living in right now. It's way worse, my opinion, than Sodom and Gomorrah ever thought of being. And way worse than, than the days of Noah ever thought of being. When I preached, when I taught the other night on, on Noah, on the days of Noah and, and what was going on in his world or in the world during his life and stuff, and what's you know what's happened, what's happening today is so much greater and so much worse in wickedness than any time we've ever seen. And the Bible says that it says in the last days it'd be worse than it's ever been, worse than it ever thought of being, as how bad it's going to be. And uh, see, it says here, the love of many shall wax cold. And when you think about the love of many shall wax cold, meaning Breath voluntarily but gently, or breathe voluntarily but gently. Um, 
meaning you breathe, but you gently. And the, and but the reduction of of temporary evaporation or reduction of temperature by evaporation. And what that means, reduction of temperature by evaporation means when um, when a person sweats, it's a natural way for the body to cool itself. What's happening is your sweat. You're, when you're sweating and your sweat evaporates, it cools your body down, and it's the way that you cool down. So what this is saying here, when you're hot for God, when a person co first comes to God and they first go up there and hit the altar, and they repent and they pray through and they get filled with the Holy Ghost and they get up and walk away, they're boy they're on fire, and for the first few weeks they're I mean they're they're hot, they're on fire, burning up for God. But then all of a sudden, eventually, it'll gradually, slowly wean down. In other words, they'll slowly start to cool off. And what's happening is, the what's happening is, it's reduction of temp by evaporation, meaning the spirit of God within them begins to evaporate out of them because they're not keeping themselves active in God. So they're not keeping that fire kindled inside of them. So they begin to reduce in temperature by evaporation or by evaporation of the spirit. So when it says, the love of many, that's the love of God. The love that men has for God shall wax cold. That's what that's saying. They'll slowly, they'll slowly fall away from God over a period of time because they allow Him to get lapsed in their, and get weak in their in their spirit through God because they'll quit. They'll start slacking on going to church. They'll start slacking up on their worship time. They'll start not being as active in God as as they should be. And that's that's what's happening today. That's why there's such a great falling away. From the churches because of what people's doing there, they're getting to where they could care less about going to the house of God. <clears throat> it says, "But the same that the same that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved." You see, if we endure unto the end, we shall be saved. In other words, if we hang on and fight tooth and nail through this thing, and set our feet and say, "Come hell or high water, I'm serving God," and not slack up, and you keep pressing on and keep pushing. And keep ever pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You shall endure to the end. As long as you stay with it. As long as you keep pressing and keep pushing forward. And keep fighting this thing and staying in there. And keep looking to keep looking toward, to the Lord coming back. Keep watching for Him coming back. Because he's, He hasn't forgot about us. He hasn't forsaken us. He's going to be true to His promise to us. So we just have to hang on and keep keep pressing and keep going. Look around you. There's nothing left in this world. I mean, it's, it's it's getting bad. There's nothing left here. And over in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. I was just over here a minute ago. Luke chapter 21, verse 36. And this is where I get the title from. The verse that I get the title from tonight. <clears throat> says, Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch ye therefore and pray always. Watch. Like I was saying earlier, keep, you know, keep an eye out. Look up. Lift up your head. So watch. Keeping, a, keeping yourself alert and watching out there to see the things that's happening to know how close we are. So if you're ever watching... Watch, therefore, and pray always. Always praying. Always making sure that you're worthy. Always making sure that your heart's right. Always making sure that, that you don't have anything between you and God that could cause you to fall away. Always praying and making sure that you are accounted worthy. Now, why would He tell us to pray? To pray 
always that we may be accounted worthy to escape. All right? To be accounted worthy to escape is when he looks down and he comes back and he stands up on the steps out on the clouds and he blows that trumpet that you're ready and that there's nothing between you and God to where you will be snatched up to the clouds to meet him in the air. That's you have to be accounted worthy to escape what's coming. Alright, so if he told us to be to to pray that we are, are accounted worthy, then that tells me that we need to make sure we're accounted worthy because there's something fixing to happen to where you could be left out of it. You could be left out you could be left down here with, with with no hope. You could be left down here, left out of one of the greatest things that's happened come on since Jesus rose from the from the tomb. It's coming, and it's coming right on our right on our horizon, in our time, in our day and time, our lifetime. It says when the when the generation that saw Israel become a nation in 1942, that generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. So if that generation is starting to come up to the, to the time that they're starting to die off, that tells me we are in the last hours of this thing, the last minutes according to God's clock. So, and we are rapidly approaching that time. So, in considering that, that you be accounted worthy to escape, right? What are we escaping? What is it that we're going to be accounted worthy to escape? Well, of course, it's the things that's coming, that's coming up when the Antichrist steps up and takes rule and, he, and, and everything, and the world gets to that total wickedness and evilness that it can fulfill itself to. Right? When it gets to that point, that's something that, that you don't want to be no part of. That's something that we want to escape. We want to be looking to be with God to where we don't have to, to go through all that mess. So that's what it's referring to here. Worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Right? All these things that shall come to pass. In other words, after that, there's some things that's going to come to pass. And to stand before the Son of Man. Well, then I can ask you, what are those things that's going to come to pass? Well, if you look up on in, uh, verses 32 through 35, it says some of them, right? But it also, if you look all the rest of this chapter, Luke 21 and Matthew chapter 24, you'll see some things that's going to take place and some things that's going to happen. And including in the book of Revelation, it's a lot of things that's going to happen. There's going to be a war so, so great and so bad towards the, uh, the last three and a half years of Jacob's trouble that it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. People, um, you know, just the Antichrist just going nuts and killing people and going after Israel and just trying to wipe out all of humanity. That's what the devil wants, like I was saying earlier. He's wanting to wipe out all of humanity. And especially God's chosen people, Israel, that gets pushed up into Petra, and God's going to protect them in Petra. Jesus himself could come down. He's going to tread the winepress of, the, of, the, of, of God, the winepress of the wrath of God right there in, in Bozrah, the, the valley that's between, that's between Jordan and between uh, Petra. There's a great valley there called called Bozrah, where Jesus is going to tread the wine press of the wrath of God, right there on them people, on all those people that's coming against Israel, and that's the blood that he gets on his vesture when he's on the white horse, when he steps on the Mount of Olives and it splits down the middle, and that great river comes out of the Mount of Olives and starts pushing into the land and beginning to heal it. That blood that's on his vesture is the blood that he's. It wasn't the blood that he shed on Calvary. That blood's already been sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven. But the blood he's got on his vesture at that time, if you study the Word of God out and you know what the Word of God says, you cross-reference, look it up and study it out, you find out that it was in Bozrah where he tread the winepress of God, the wrath of God. And that's, and, um, 
So, that, I mean, there's a lot to that that a lot of people don't study it out. And that's how you get all these different doctrines out there and all these different things because people don't cross-reference and bring things together the way that it should be. And so they want to set it up in their own. Well, I don't have to say all that. But anyways, um, it talks about you know, the wars and rumors of wars, all the different things that's going to take place. But then it says in verse 32, it says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. <clears throat> See, that's where I was saying a minute ago, and I'll go ahead and touch on this because I like to show Bible for what I say. When Israel became a, a nation in 1942, it says, And he spake, in, he spake to them a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, you see how you see and know your your own of your own selves that summer is now at hand. So likewise, when you see these things but things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, the fig tree when it talks about the fig tree and all the trees when they shoot forth their fruit, Israel wasn't a nation up until 1942, and they were spread out through all the um, through a lot of different lands, and then you had uh, Hitler come in and, and started gathering them all together and. and trying to you know kill them and all those wicked and evil things that he'd done to them well when world war ii came to an end then hitler killed himself and then um truman i believe it was made them a nation again and gave them the the land of israel gave them jerusalem they became a nation again and that that is uh, also spoken of in another place of the bible where when that took place and they became a nation again then that generation that saw that happen and saw that take place will not pass away until all these things be fulfilled from that day forward. It says in verse 32, it says, Verily I say unto you, This generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall not pass, or heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfighting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. You see, see how it says when you get caught up in those things and all the charge, overcharged with surfighting in your heart, um, meaning you're overcharged with so many other cares of this life to where, to where you, you begin to, ne to neglect God and begin to neglect the things that you should be, um, that you should be work, you know, working your spirit up into. And you begin to get so caught up in all the things where you all of a sudden, Stop going to church as much, and then you, you eventually slack off to be not going to church anymore at all. Then you begin to get this shade over your eyes where you can't see what's actually going on out there. You get so caught up in all the worldly affairs to where now you no longer see what's happening in, in the spirit world. You no, no longer see that what's happening in the world today. That's why a lot of people can't see that what's coming. You can sit there and tell them all you want until you're blue in the face. And they'll still, still look at you like you're crazy. Or they'll come off and say, oh, I don't believe that. I believe this here is going to happen. I believe it's going to get better. You know, I believe that somebody else is going to get up there in charge of things and everything's going to be just fine. He's going to fix all this. Well, praise God, it's going to take the hand of God in his life for him to be able to fix everything that's been messed up in this world like it's been. And if you can't see that, and you need to hit your knees and ask God to give you a revelation of what's going on out there and allow you to see what's happening. Because I'm telling you, Unless God Himself comes down and changes things, it's not going to get better. That's not what my Bible tells me. My Bible tells me that there's some hard times coming. There's a Jake, time of Jacob's trouble that this world is rapidly headed to because God's fixing to wrap this thing up. We're rapidly, rapidly approaching the end of the 6,000 years 
And it's fixing to turn towards Jacob's trouble for seven years. And then after that, then God's gonna, gonna put the, the Antichrist and the, and the false prophet alive into hell. Gonna put the devil in the bottomless pit and chains for a thousand years. And then he's gonna turn, he's gonna turn this world around for a thousand years. And he's gonna rule and reign from Jerusalem, from the throne of David for a thousand years. And we're gonna rule and reign with him for a thousand years over the people that survived and made it through the time of Jacob's trouble. That's what my Bible tells me. Now, um, you can study it out and look it up. Everything I'm telling you is right here in the Word of God. But, but there's people out there that can't seem to fathom that. And why can't they seem to fathom that? Because they're so caught up in so much other stuff, they don't want to see what's really happening. They want to see the better things happen. And I can tell you from I can tell you from a uh, from a point of um, experience, okay? Because back in back in the day when I wasn't living for God and I was doing my own thing and living out in the world, it never dawned on me except every now and then when God would deal with me, and then I would brush it off and I would keep right on doing things, but I couldn't see the things that was happening around me and what was going on in the world because I was so caught up in my own my own self and doing my own thing and wanted to do what Kevin wanted to do instead of seeing what was actually happening, seeing the things that I should have happened or that I should have been seeing. Instead, I was seeing what, what Kevin wanted to see. And that's because I didn't have the mind of Christ and I wasn't thinking like God wanted me to think. I wasn't seeing what God wanted me to see. I wasn't understanding that what God wanted me to understand. See, we're just pilgrims passing through this land, heading towards a, a heavenly home one day, and a new world, and a new heaven, and a new earth at the end of all things. That's what we're headed to. We're not, we're not supposed to be setting up our kingdom here and preparing everything to stay here forever because that's not happening. That's not happening in this world. We're, um, we are passing through this land and we have to see that. But you see, here's what happens. You get caught up and charged. Your hearts get overcharged with surfighting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. Drunkenness doesn't necessarily mean drunk on alcohol. Drunkenness is just to where you, you just get so caught up in everything and you, you, you're a drunken spirit, meaning you're not, you're not of God. You're of man. You know, you're of, of the worldly spirit. You're, you're not of God. You're just caught up in it so much to that point. And the cares of this life, right? The cares of this life's got you so bound, got you so caught up in things to where you can't see anything else but other than your problems and other than what you want in life and what you, um, you know the things that the flesh wants. That's what you all all you care about is just the cares of this life, and nothing else matters. So when you push God to the side and say, you know what, God, I don't need you right now. I, I got something I want to do over here for a little while, and then you neglect going to church because you want to get caught up in some ball games with your kids and everything, and get your kids all all in the sports and stuff out there. But when all that's just worldly stuff that that's not going to mean nothing, not going to mean a hill of beans here in the very near future because. If you don't have God, you're going to be in a real big situation, a real big problem. You need to put all those cares off to the side and say, you know what, God, help me to make you number one because I don't want to miss out on what's coming. I don't want to miss out on you. I don't want to get caught in all this stuff right here and, and not and not not be with you. You know, and and that's what's happening is people's getting so caught up in every worldly thing out there to where they can't see the bigger picture of things. They can't see that that you know time is running out. Because they're too caught up in all this, and the big thing that matters, get out there and you know, let's let's go play some football. You know, that's that's not important. Football has nothing to do with with what you need to be what you need to be concerned about. You know, and it's 
We need to think about that. It's God's what matters, and that's what that's the main thing. We have to be ready. I'm telling you, if, if I I got to stress this, and I got to stress this point, we have to be ready. We have to be ready for what? We have to be ready that when Jesus calls us, we're ready to go. Otherwise, we're going to be left here to suffer with things that that we shouldn't even have to worry with suffering with, because we 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 are God's children, and He's called us. You see. This is a total different message here, <coughs> but it'll fit right in here real well. Is He hand-selected each and every one of us. When He formed us in our mother's womb, and He selected what, how tall we were going to be when we become adults, what we were going to look like, the color of our eyes, the color of our hair. While He was molding us, He already had a future lined up for us. He already had plans for us, even from that very point. That very point where He took the time... Okay, He took the time to take and, and mold you and make you and deform you exactly the way He wanted you to be and set your DNA in order to where when you were when you were began to form in your mother's womb and you be, you began to grow and then you, you, you came out as a child and then you raised up into a grown man. Your DNA that He made and that He designed was laid out to make you look the exact way that you look today. The very way that you look today, God made you to look like that. He took the time to to design you. You know, to, you ever think about that? He took the the time to design you. Now to even elaborate even more to that to show you even more greater uh, even more greater things about that is not only did he form you to the design that he wanted you to look like, but he also laid a path out for you that he wanted you to follow. To where he had everything that you could ever possibly desire and want and need in this life. If you were just lived your life from day one and followed the, tra- the, the line or the road that he had set for you. He already had who you were supposed to be with set up there on the, on the road in front of you. He already had your, your whole family laid out and planned out. The job that you were going to have. Everything from day one. He already had it all planned for you. Everything. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author and finisher of our life. He don't want anything bad for us. He's got everything good for us laid out. But you see, the problem is we get too caught up in our wants, our desires, our things that we think we need to where we begin to neglect Him, the very one that took the time to do all that for each and every one of us. Think about that. He took the time to do that. And yet we just brush Him off like it's nothing. We brush Him off like, well, you know, you ain't ain't nothing. You know... I don't need you right now, God. Everything's good. Let me go do what I want to do. You know, and we, we neglect to think about what God wants and what God desires of us and what the things that He's got for already planned out. Everything He's got already thought, He thinks good things of us, not things of evil, not things that are bad, but everything good that we could possibly ever want or need, He's already got, the, he's already got laid out for us. We just have to acknowledge Him enough to allow Him to lead us to that point and that destination that he has laid in front of us and quit worrying so much about what the flesh wants because I'm going to tell you something what the flesh wants the flesh wants death things of the flesh are things of death things of the spirit are things of life so we have to live for the spirit man inside of us for that man's future not the flesh not the thing that we see when we look in the mirror the thing that we look that we look and see in the mirror is something that's going to return to the dust of the earth the desires that it has is the desires of the things of the earth, the things of the dust of the earth, the things of death. But the spirit man that's living on the inside, that when we got him active in the Lord and we got him and got him hyped up in the Lord and everything, and, and the spirit man's alive and 
and you know and doing good then you can see him in the mirror when you look in the mirror instead of just seeing just the flesh then you'll see the joy of the lord on your face you'll see the joy of the lord that is help that is making you feel good and that is assuring you that god's got something good planned for you and assuring you that he has redeemed you and assuring you that he's going to come back and give you his promise that he's promised you but you see and looking at all those things I know I said a lot there, but I want you to—I wanted you to grasp that. It says in the cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. Okay, when you think about when that day comes upon you unawares, what does that mean? When you think about it, it's coming upon you unawares, meaning you're not aware that it's coming, meaning you're not alert to it, meaning it's something that when it happens, it's going to like, wow, did I just miss something? Did I just miss that? What what happened? That's what you're going to be like because you know I believe everybody's going to know it. I believe the whole world's going to know it because it says as lightning flashes from the east to the west. All right, when that happens, think about that lightning when it flashes from the east to the west. All right, and covers that whole sky. Everybody sees it. When the lightning flashes across there, the whole world sees it. Everybody around that area, that lightning sees it. Now think about it encompassing the whole entire earth in that manner, all at one time in just a matter of seconds, whipping around the earth. Something that great happened, the whole world's going to know it. Everybody's going to know something happened. And I believe it's even going to wake you up if you was laying in the bed sleeping and you missed out. You're going to know it. You're going to know when it happens. So if the whole world knows about it when it happens, then you're going to be like, what in the world was that? What happened? So it snuck, it snuck up on you and caught you unawares. You wasn't aware that it was coming, right? That's basically what that's saying. You wasn't aware that it's coming. Because here's why. And this is for everybody. No man, Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. Only the Father that is, heaven, that is in heaven. But you can know the seasons. All right. What I'm telling you tonight is we are in the season of it. All right. The season of it meaning you can look around you and see that the fig tree and the other trees are blooming. Like it was saying up here in verse 29. So you, you can see that we're in the season. But it says, For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. All right. That's everyone. That means we get, we're not going to know the exact moment. We're not going to know the the hour. We're not going to know the few minutes of that area. In other words, you're not going to have time to say, Oh, Jesus is coming. Let me pray. No, you're not going to have that time. You're not going to have that luxury. Because when it happens, it's going to happen like that instantly. All right, think about if you was going through the jungle during Vietnam. And them men out there that was in that war that, um, I'm not even going to say it, that war that should have never been fought. When all them men were out there fighting in that in that place, that evil, wicked, horrible place, as they were walking along, they couldn't see those little snare traps, the little strings that run across there that when they would trip over them, it was a trip wire that would release a trap that would come down and slam into their chest or come down and hurt, and hurt them really bad, kill them or whatever, whatever, the, whatever it was that, that happened. They couldn't see it because of the way the jungle was. So they came up on it and it was a snare there that they couldn't see until they tripped it, until they hit that snare. So that's what that is saying right here. It says, for as a snare shall it come upon all of them that dwell upon the whole earth. Meaning you're not going to see it coming. You're not going to see it until it happens. So if you can't see it coming, you can't prepare for it. That's why you have to always be prepared. Like I was saying earlier, you have to pray always so that you are accounted worthy. Let me, let me say this exactly the way that it means means that you're always prayed up, got your spirit right, and ready, because at any moment, when it happens, you are ready 
and you are prepared to, so that you can escape these things that are coming. The things that are coming on the world, you don't want to be part of. You want to be able to escape it. The only way you're going to be able to escape it is to be prayed up and ready to go so when it happens, you're not called unaware. That's what that is saying. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Don't be caught unawares. Don't, don't be caught off guard. Make sure that you are ready. Make sure that you're prayed up and ready to go. Praying always is so that you're accounted worthy. This goes for me just as much as it does for each and every one of y'all out there. Because it always starts with a person delivering a message. So anytime I get a message on here, it also deals with me as well. Because if God's dealing with with anybody, He's dealing with me. And I'm sharing it with you. So that that way you can you can also benefit from what God is showing me and, and teaching me and, and helping me to understand and realize. Because what God shares with me and helps me to get an understanding of, I want to share with others because I want them to get the same understanding that I have in what the Lord is showing me. Because why? Because it's beneficial to each and every one of us. It's beneficial in our walk with God. It helps us to get stronger in Him so that we can be ready for things that are coming. Don't get so caught up in things and, and watching and listening to these people out there that's telling things that's not true and telling things that's not that's not the way that it's going to happen. Because I'm going to tell you something. You get too caught up in that and you're going to miss out on the real, the reality of things. And the reality is that this world's coming up on some hard times. A time called Jacob's Trouble where God turns towards the Jews for the last seven years that was spoken of in the book of Daniel. The 70th week that has got to take place, which hasn't taken place yet because they crucified him on the cross. They didn't want him. So he turned to the Gentiles for the time of the church age. For the dispensation of grace. And during that time, which is about 2,000 years now, he's been dealing with the church and dealing with the church age. Now he's fixing to turn from that back to the Jews for the time called the time called Jacob's trouble. Toward Jacob, Jacob, remember Jacob's name was changed to Israel because he was the father of the twelve, tri the thirteen tribes. It was twelve, but the, one of his sons became two of the tribes with it through his children. So thir the 13 tribes of Israel, or Jerusalem. So his name was changed to Israel because of that. So when it refers to Jacob's trouble, it's referring to the time of Israel's trouble. So he's going to turn back to them for the last seven years. And that's when the Antichrist is going to rule over this earth. So we have to be ready so that when that time comes, that we're accounted worthy to escape those things and not be left here to have to deal with all that. So that's what we got to look forward to. So make sure that you prayed up. Make sure that you pray always so that you can be accounted worthy to escape those things. And uh, be accounted worthy to escape. I hope this helped you tonight. And I hope you got something out of it. I um, hope I didn't ramble on too much about things. And uh, Like I said, there's so much more I could bring out in, in detail with this. But I, one thing, I'd be here all night. Secondly, there's certain things that I can't say because I don't want this video to be taken down because of something somebody don't like what I said. And um, so I have to be careful in the way that I refer to things and the way that I say things. And um, so but I hope this helped you tonight. And I hope if, it, if you enjoyed it, if you got something out of it, if, it, if you think it will help others, I ask you to share it because there's people that, that sees your timeline that doesn't necessarily see mine. Uh, all my stuff is always public. It's always out there for the whole world to see. Because I wanted to help people. 
I'm putting this out there to help to help all of us. Anybody that watches it, I want them to get blessed, and I want them to help. I want it to help them in their walk with God, and help them to get closer to the Lord, and help them to know, and help them to understand what's happening, and so they don't get caught up in a bunch of lies and hypocrisy, and a bunch of other garbage out there that's not that's not biblical and it's not right. So, um, like I said, if you you know if you want to uh, um, share it, help me get the word out there, and um, and everything. And thank you for watching, and I love you guys, and God bless. Thank <laughs> you.